All right, everybody, come on, welcome to sitcom. Man, we give up our, uh, man, give it up for our A-team. Still producing that video. Come on, they are still, I just love it. How many love in the, uh, you know, the early 90s? Uh, in every uh, show uh, introduction, it was always somebody doing something that's smiling at the camera. What's up? And so, man, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Pastor Jeremy, along with my wife. We just have the honor of pastoring this great church. And there's a great church because of great people. Can I get an amen? And man, I'm so glad you guys are here today. And so also, if you're brand new with us and you're just visiting, man, we hope this is be a place you can call home, a place you can connect with others, but man, also a place where you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you're brand new with us, can we just clap and welcome you today, man? Thanks for being here today. Thanks for checking us out. I'm glad you're here. And, uh, and before I get started today, too, I want to make sure, uh, uh, man, we celebrate 16 water baptisms last Sunday at Avenue Church. 16 people. Man, they took, they made their faith public. And what water baptism is, is an outward proclamation of an inward transformation of what Jesus has done in their hearts. And man, it was cool to see uh, the social media posts, man, the, the stories of life transformation, life change. And so I am just thrilled. Also, do me a favor, do fill out that connect card because we do give. If you check mark right here and you check mark, man, it's my first time. We're going to get $5 on your behalf to feed one. $5 will feed one child for 15 days. 10 bucks will feed a child for 30 days. And I want you to know, feed one is also in Haiti. And so we're feeding children in South America, in Haiti, in, uh, in Central uh, Americas as well. And so, man, we want to make an impact, and we're going to continue to do so. Amen? And also, I want to let one more thing, man, we got small groups coming up, small groups coming up. And so make sure you're here next week as we launch our small groups and you still got one more week. All right. One more week. You can do the small group uh, training online or one on one with us. And man, how many know as we grow bigger, we grow smaller through small groups. We're not a church uh, with small groups. We are a church of small groups. It's just what we do. We want to do life together. How many know we're not doing church just to do church? We're doing church so we can have community and do life together. And also make sure you get your uh, notebooks out if you have your notebooks out as well. And uh, man, I hope you're loving this collection of talks entitled sitcom sitcom but before we get started uh man i don't know what age you are in this room we really are a multi-generational church can i get an amen multi and we're a feedback church because your pastor staff your pastor can't hear nothing and so the louder you get the faster i go and we're out of here for lunch come on somebody and so here it is. All right. The, despite your age, I'm going to let you know what my age is. Not a lot of people know how old I am. Uh, I'm either look really young or look like a church planner. And uh, here's my age right here. I'm this old. How many know I'm talking about? How many know I'm talking about? Right there. You got the, you got the paper plates with mama's casserole, right? That's probably a hamburger helper. And you got this. This is a TV, kids. This right here is a TV. It's not a box or an entertainment center. This is the television with your Nintendo on there, and you had wires. You can only play as, as far away as the, uh, as the cord would let you. Man, I remember when my, my son got an Xbox. It was wireless. I was like, you could like, play in the bathroom. This is amazing, you know? And so also, uh, man, I love, there's a program out there called GoFundMe where you can, you can go online and give and donate to causes and people and things like that. But how many of you are born in the 80s? Raise your hand if you're born in the 80s, right? 80s, 80s, right? Here's GoFundMe. Here is GoFundMe in 1989, right there. Right? Can I get an amen? That's GoFundMe in 1989, all right? Like, I need you to fund me. And they're like, mow my yard. 
One time I went to my neighbor's house. I need some money. I was like, can I mow your yard? He was like, sure you can, son. I was like, you have a lawnmower? And I was like, you have gas? And then I mowed his yard, and I mowed it in a big circle. That's all I did. It wasn't even like clear-cut lines. But you know what? He gave me some money. And how many remember this? When you get money, you put your money in the coin holder. I remember the coin holder, right? You're like, you're like, hey, what's up? You want, you want to get? <laughs> that was your coin holder right here. It's a man I love. Man, the '80s, the '90s. Man, I love what we grew up in. Uh, it's a, it, it, it is a miracle we're alive. And the church said, "Amen." Amen. But here's what I remember. Uh, I, I'm old enough to remember the first TED talk. It was most excellent. No, I remember Bill and Ted. Most excellent. I love that we're in a series entitled Sitcom. Sitcom. That we've been talking about, man, what is it like uh, to be stuck in comparison? Man, we learn what it's like to have an attitude adjustment. Man, we've been learning, man, how to be Christ followers with a Christ-honoring family. And so I want to let you know, you've got to come back next week. I know you came this week, all right? And so, man, thank you for being here on a, on a holiday weekend. But I want you to know that next week, I'm talking about blended families, blended families. Raise your hand if you're a blended family, all right? Raise your hand if you're a blended family, all right? Uh, man, I'm talking about blended families. I, I, I grew up in a blended family. I had the nuclear family, then a blended family, and then a hot mess family. Come on. And I had a blended family. I'll tell you, my family is so blended that I am older than my aunt, and my uncle's only two years older than me. It's blended, y'all. It's blended, all right? And so blended families will be talking about next week. Please come, invite somebody. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be helpful. I promise you it's going to be helpful. It's going to help you even how to have a blended family. What does it look like in the gospel? But then also the next week after that, we're going to talk about sitcom sex in the next, in two weeks, all right? You popped up, huh? Someone just popped up. And sitcom sex. And I just want to encourage you, if you've got kiddos, Avenue Kids is a wonderful place. Wonderful place for our kiddos, all right? Avenue Kids. But we are going to be talking about sitcom sex in two weeks. And I want you to know, uh, and there's never be shock value. I'll never embarrass you. Matter of fact, I want teenagers in this service in two weeks from now, because I'm about that youth pastor, some of you, all right? And, but I want to encourage you. It'll never be vulgar. It'll never be, uh, it'll always be Christ honoring. But man, I got some things to say about this topic of sex. And so, man, that's in two weeks. Turn your neighbor and say, we got to come. We got to come, all right? Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We got to come to Avenue Church, right? Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to turn your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2, getting your notebooks ready, and let's go. It says this, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. I love this. We all belong in the house of God. We all belong in the house of God. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together. You know why families are tough? Because we're joined together. We're doing life together. And so we're joined together and we're growing together into a holy temple of the Lord. In him, you're also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for this great church. Father, thank you for your word. 
God, I thank you your word is relevant. It applies to us today, God. I thank you that your word is inspiring. That Father, I thank you your word is not just information, but it's revelation. And Father, I pray transform our hearts, transform our minds today. Father, I pray that uh, help us to leave an impact in our family, in our children, in our cousins, nieces, and nephews, in our great-grandchildren, for your praise and your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen and amen. You know, I talked about how uh, I have a blended family, and I'm going to be sharing some fun stories next week. Uh, but my wife and I, we've been married 13 years, right? 13 years. And uh, uh, and we have one son. We have we have a nine year old. We have Levi, and uh, and we have a uh, nine year old. And about nine and a half years ago, our story. If you guys know our stories, we've had uh, you know m- miscarriages. Um, we've had struggles, and uh, man, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith. And uh, and I remember when Levi, uh, we found out we were pregnant with Levi. Went through the whole journey, the whole process. And I remember we're trying to give him a name. We're trying to give him. A name. How many like naming things? I hate naming stuff, all right? I was like, let's give him a youth ministry name, okay? Like Supernatural Bosma, you know? Like, like I don't know what to name him. And, and uh, man, we just, we went back and forth on names. And uh, there's, there's people in my family, online audience, I love you. I love that you're watching, uh, probably listening on the podcast later as well. But I, got, I got members of my family that, that we're so bad with names that we're like naming each other from other people in our family, all right? There's like five of that guy and five of this guy, and junior, senior, and all these different things. And, and I remember when, when Levi was, was about to be born, we had like two names, right? Two or three names. But we decided... When he comes out, when he comes to this world, we'll look at him, and then we'll name him. We'll look at him, and then we'll name him. Parents, I mean, know what I'm talking about, right? When we look at him. So we're in the delivery thing, and things are going on. I'm helping Pastor Lindsay, and I'm not really helping. And, and uh, she's breathing, and I'm like, breathe, and doing all these different things. And, and all of a sudden, the, the baby comes out, and when Levi comes out, I look at him. And when I look at him, the first uh, name that came to my mind was like E.T. I'm going to talk about predator, you know? Like, like, I went, oh, like, is this? Is this, is this what we're, is this what he, did we do it wrong? Put him back in. Put him back in, you know, and trying to figure this out. And uh, even when Levi came to and I cut the umbilical cord and all these things are happening, also I got lightheaded and I was like, I'm, I'm lightheaded. The doctor's like, sit down. Yes, I sat down in the corner like a bum, you know, and all of a sudden I got back up and got some water in me and tried to help out. And, and they brought the baby over here. So I'm with the baby and they're doing things with Pastor Lindsay. And finally, and it's all said and done. And I go next to Pastor Lindsay and I go, whoo, I'm tired. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, Really? Really? And for one day, our sweet little boy was nameless. He didn't have a name. He didn't have a name. Nurses were going, just name him. Right? They're like, you know what? My name is Karen. Just name him Karen. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, we don't know what to name him. And finally, we said, we'll name him Levi. It means united with Christ. We'll call him Leviticus Daviatic Bosma. No, it's just Levi Bosma. 
And, uh, and I love telling you that because in the midst, in the process of just the journey, how many know we were a hot mess? I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be, well, I thought it was going to be in the waiting room, like scrubbed up, like, like smoking a cigar. Like, yeah, I got a baby. I didn't know it was going to be a hot mess. Can I tell you, it never stops getting messy. Can I tell you, it never stops getting messy easy. And the title of my sermon today is Messy Families. Messy Families. So I can tell you story after story after story of just the mess. The mess of when people are joined together. The mess of growing together. The mess. I always tell people like, we never had an argument until we had a child. Because it gets messy. It is, it is the most difficult thing, but it's the most miraculous thing. And as, as I read through the Scriptures, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 25. And I'm going to read the story of a messy family. There's messy families all throughout uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's families in the Bible that say, man, they put fun in dysfunctional. But I want you to read this in Genesis chapter 25. And it says, and Isaac, this is the father, and Isaac, Pray to the Lord for his wife, for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So he prayed, Lord, we need a miracle. Jesus, she's unable to have children, and God granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And I love this next portion. Here's a miracle. God, you did it. And here's what the next slide says. And the children struggled together within her. Now that's parenting right there, right? And the children struggled together. And now notice, this is not singular, this is plural. And so the children struggled within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? I mean, probably, you probably said it this morning, right? Driving here, like, why is this happening to me? And this is what she said. So she inquired of the Lord. She inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. I want you to know, the older shall serve the younger. I want you to know, in the middle of a mess, inquiring of the Lord is best. In the middle of the mess, inquiring of the Lord it's best. Can I just tell you, no matter where you're at in this season, man, you can be single, you can be dating, you can be engaged, you can be married, you can be divorced, you can be a widow. And you, whatever season you're in, life is messy. Life's been messy and life will always be messy. But I want to encourage you in the middle of a mess, inquiring of the Lord is best. I made a rhyme. I'm a good pastor. Come on, I'm going to bust a rhyme here in a minute. I made a rhyme. Because I want you to remember this. Man, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that like, this is such a hot mess. But in the middle of my mess, inquiring of the Lord is best. You know, today I'm talking about messy families and parenting and children. And how do we do this? If you don't have kids, take some notes. Take some notes. But I love this quote by a, uh, an author, by Ron L. Deal. This parenting is on behalf of the kids. Right? Parenting is on behalf of the kids. But this does not give you permission to spoil, to cater your children, 
Rather, it means that you're parenting decisions, goals, and attitudes, and they need to be oriented around what will benefit your children and increase their desire for the Lord. Increase your desire for the Lord. What do I do? Inquire of the Lord. Now, I, mentors are wonderful. Man, there's people in this room that you've got parenting down to a formula. Man, you got parenting down, and you're like, man, I got great kids. They're serving Jesus. It was a hot mess. It was difficult, but we did it. I want to encourage you, lead a small group. Man, help other young families to say, how do I do this? There's, where is it? What's a good book? What's a good thing to do? How do I do this? I encourage you, always find a small group, mentors, or other people that, have, that are further along than where you want to be. But I want to encourage you, inquire of the Lord and say, God, how can I increase their desire for Jesus? How can I increase their desire for Jesus? So the children struggled together within her. And she said, why is this happening? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Here's what I love about this portion. For many of us, we've had a lot of miracles that happen in our life. For many of us, we're praying for a miracle. For us, a miracle was a, a family. But can I tell you, in the, in the greatest miracles have been the greatest struggles? Now, I want you to understand that a miracle can become a struggle because not everything godly is easy. And here's sometimes what happens. We get our miracle, but because it isn't easy, we don't think it's from God. Or we quit, or we give up, or we don't think, I can't handle it. When you're not supposed to handle it, you're supposed to let God handle it. I'm inquiring of the Lord. So I love this. A miracle can be a struggle. But then it goes on to say, and so when her days of birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out, red, all his body like a hairy cloak. <laughs> and they called him Esau. They called him Esau. Not because he was hairy and red, but because he was the first one that came out. He was the firstborn. Then afterwards, I love this. Afterwards, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. His name was called Jacob. I love this. There's two babies on the inside of her. Esau comes out, and Jacob's holding Esau's heel, coming on out. And because he did that, they said, your name will be called Deceiver. Your name will be called the one who grafts the heel. And they named him. Esau was firstborn, but because of what Jacob did, they said, your name is now Jacob. I found it interesting. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. So you say, what, is, what, is, what does that have to do? I mean, they call him Jacob. What, is, what does that mean? A lot of times we identify with what we identify. What we identify with becomes what we live with. So if we can read in Genesis chapter 25, 26, 27, all the way to 30 and 31 and 32. You can be able to see a young man named Jacob identify with what they labeled him. There is power in a name. That is why we had a hard time naming Levi, because we're going, how can we name a, a, a small boy? Like, like, I don't want to mess up his name. How do we name him? But for many of us, it's not just a name that we give, 
but it's also a name that we call. I mean, I'm 37 years old, and I can remember being about eight or nine years old. I can remember spending the day with one of my uh, family members, one of my relatives who I looked up to. He was, he was uh, man, one of our oldest relatives. We spent the day together. And that when we came back home to his wife, I remember coming back home and telling him, telling her all the things that we did. And, and some of the things we did wasn't exactly a good thing to do. How many of them talking about? Wasn't exactly legal at that time. And uh, man, my, my uncle, who's just a few years older than me, he drove a truck and he drove and we did a delivery and all those different things. And so I came home and I was like, guess what happened? I can't believe it. And, this, and my, my, my relative who was with me was like, shh, ha, mm, quiet. I was so excited. And she, she did not get excited. She actually got angrier and angrier as I told her. I remember I had to go find this relative of mine, and I went out into the backyard, and I was like, what? what's going on? What's, what's next? And he said, you know, you got a big mouth. And I was like, how many have said that before, right? <laughs> like, that's innocent. Well, can, you, can I tell you, for years, and I still remember how I felt. Not only did I remember what was said to me, but I remember how I felt. And from that day, I was going, do I have a big mouth? Do I talk too much? Am I not? Like, do I need to keep secrets so I can be? I begin to realize there's power. The tongue has power of life and death. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. He can help us to identify the words that were said to us that we've been identifying with, and the Holy Spirit can come in and say, that's not you. I'm going to remove that from your life. Because here's what's interesting, Genesis 25. Then the boys grew up. A lot of times we have messy families because we grew up messy. And the boys, they grew up. Esau was a skilled hunter, a man of the field. While Jacob was a quiet, quiet man dwelling in the tent. I want you to see this. And Isaac loved Esau. I love this. Isaac loved Esau. Why did he love him? This is why he loved him. Because he ate his, his game. He was a hunter. I love Esau the most. Why? Because he brings me delicious foods. He brings me meats. He brings me beef jerky, you know. And I love this. But Rebecca loved Jacob. But Rebecca loved Jacob. And so when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, the firstborn. He said, my son, he answered. He said, here I am. He said, behold, I am old. I do not know the days of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go into the field and Hunt some game for me. Prepare for me delicious foods such as I love and bring it to me so that I may eat and that my soul may bless you before I die. My soul may bless you before I die. But now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son. And so when Esau went into the field to hunt for game, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father talking. I heard your father talking to your brother and you shall bring it to your father to eat. I want you to go hunt, and I want you to go out there before Esau comes back, so that Isaac may bless Jacob before he dies. But Jacob said to uh, Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Come on, somebody. I'm a smooth criminal. This is totally siblings right here, right? And I love this. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon 
myself. I want you to catch this. I hate, hey, Jacob, Esau's going out there, but I want you to beat him to that so you'll be blessed. And Jacob said, yeah, but if I get caught and he knows it's not me because I ain't hairy like that hairy fool, right? I ain't hairy. He's going to be able to curse me. And I love this. And his mother said to him, listen, listen to me. I love this. His mother said to him, somebody, we probably have said this this week. This is how relevant the Bible is. The mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son, but only obey my voice. Only obey my voice. Go then. And bring him, bring them to me. How many probably said this before? Don't listen to him, listen to me. Don't listen to him, listen to me. What we begin to see in this messy family is there's not a whole lot of unity going on. There's division. And I want you to understand that typically, typically, a healthy marriage equals healthy children. Healthy marriage equals healthy children. And here's what was taking place. I'm not going to hurry. Here's what's taking place. There was wrong unity in the family. There was wrong unity. A lot of times, it should never be us versus them. And when I say us, it should never be one spouse and her kid versus the other spouse. But there was wrong unity. It should never be, it's just you and me. You know, my, uh, Pastor Lindsay and I, we always say to Levi, uh, we always say, hey, listen, you know, if I said something and mama says something else differently, like we're a team, we always help one another, we're co-parenting, we do this together. And we always used to tell Levi, Levi, we're a team, all right? You can't pit her against me and you can't make me, you'll pit, pit me against her. We're a team. We are a, listen to me, son, we're a team. And he'll go, oh, I'll be a part of your team. I'm not part of your team. I want you to understand, and it's not us versus them. It's we are a team. We're a team. We tell Levi, yes, Levi, we're a team. But mom and I, we're the bosses. We're in charge. You're not in charge. And that's probably the best thing you'll hear all week at Avenue Church. Your kids are not in charge. They're not in charge. And when they're not in charge, they will try to divide and conquer. A healthy marriage equals healthy kids. But here's the next thing is also the wrong weapons. The wrong weapons. That you may reconcile husband and wife, but you use your children to fight. I've been guilty of this. I mean, I've been so heated. I mean, even just yesterday, we weren't angry, but uh, we were trying to get out of the house, and I took Levi golfing, and uh, also I grabbed some water, things like that, and my wife was upstairs. She knows I can't hear, and she goes, and, and I heard her, but she goes, Levi, tell your dad that the waters are in the fridge. I had the waters in my hand, and I go, Levi, tell your mom that I got the waters. But how many times we do it as parents? We go, Levi, tell your mom that she's not very smart. I never did that. It was an example. It was an example. Or Levi, tell your father that he should have done it a better way. Can I tell you? Wrong weapon. I, I saw this quote this week, and I love this quote. When two elephants fight, it is the grass that suffers. When two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. It's our children, those that are closest to us. 
And can I tell you something? Levi, every time we're like, we're like, the moment we have an argument, Levi is always like, he just comes out of nowhere. We're fighting. He's like, are you guys going to get a divorce? I mean, I'm like, what? No. Listen to me. In this series, we're going to tell you how to fight fair. Fighting is okay. An argument is okay as long as you fight fair. But here's the thing. It's okay to fight as long as you reconcile with your children present. So they could see what it's like to have an argument, but as well as to say sorry. As well as to say sorry. I want you to be careful. When two elephants fight, the grass that suffers. And listen to me, you could still do this even if you're divorced. You could still do this even if you're separated. Because we cannot have the grass that suffers. But here's the thing a lot of times what happens is there's the wrong outcome. Wrong outcome. You know what's interesting? A lot of times when we do this right here, when we say, uh, you know, I am so sick and tired of when your father's late. Or I am so mad when your mom does this or that. What happens is you're forcing your child to choose between a parent. You're forcing them subconsciously to go, you're right. I never thought about it that way. But since you said it, I'm now picking your side and not their side. And what happens when you do that, when you have the wrong outcome, the next time they're late for something, they now know or they now think that mommy hates them for being late. There's wrong outcomes. What's so interesting is when one parent speaks negatively about another child's other biological parent, the child internalizes the comment and thinks in some way he or she is also being attacked. So how do I avoid all these things? Man, this is a hot mess right now. This is a messy family. Some of you are sitting in this room like, I'm a hot mess, <laughs> right? Like, why are we here? I want to help you out real quick. It's number one, you got to have family rules. You got to have family rules. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked about boundaries. Okay, watch that message on YouTube, on our iTunes podcast, on Spotify, all those different things, SoundCloud, you know? But we have family rules or family boundaries. Rules are in place for protection. So I have family rules, but once you understand, you're like, well, oh, we, we don't have rules. We just, we just make it happen. It's like organic and fluid. I promise you that if you don't set rules, the unspoken habits become rules. So if you have a rule, say, hey, listen to me. At least three times a week, we sit down at a dinner table and we eat a meal together as a family. But if you don't have that rule, what's going to end up without us even knowing is you actually, uh, every night, we all eat separately on our devices at different times. We all live in the same house, but we're as divided as ever. That's what happens when you don't have rules. Man, you have some unspoken rules. So I encourage you today, man, go home and write down some rules. Rules of, man, we don't go to bed angry. That's, that's your rule. For, some, some, for a lot of times with us, we go to bed angry and wake up and apologize in the morning. Can I get an Amen. Because there's just some things we have to do that works for us. But what are some family rules? Because if you don't have rules, unspoken habits become rules. Unspoken habits become rules. But this next thing is, you've got to have family roles. You've got to have family roles. And I'm telling you, everyone wants to be in the same level playing field. But we're not like this in the, in the, in the family unit. We're like this. Right? Mom and dad, then it's kids, then it's dog. You know what I mean? Like, 
but you got to have family roles. That it's not, it's not, and it's not like, like she's in charge or he's in charge or you're in charge. But we got roles as a family. We're a team. I love this in Matthew chapter 19. It says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Two become one flesh. So there are no longer two, but they are now one. You'll be seeing this uh, uh, scripture two weeks from now as well. And I love this. But what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. But can I give you a kind of a different translation today? Let not a child separate. Because a lot of times, when we don't deal with our trauma, when we have children, we allow our past trauma to inflict guilt on our little ones, and we become overprotective. And what happens is, we no longer become two, become one. We become divided. My, me versus you. My kids, your kids. Let not man separate. So we've got to have roles. This is our role. I mean, many times when Levi was a little child, I would look down at him and say, hey, buddy. Hey, who's the boss? <laughs> He'd go, I'm the boss. You know? And I go, no. Daddy's the boss. Mommy's the boss. You're not the boss. And many times over and over. Now when I bend down, I go, hey, buddy, who's the boss? And he's always like grumpy, and he'll go, you're the boss. Because I believe family roles are healthy. But also the next one is family relationships. Family relationships. You'd be amazed. Many people in this room go, I don't know what to do. I think I'm screwing up my kids, my marriage. I don't know what to do. A great place to start is family rules, family roles, but also, man, spend time together. Go after God together. Go to church together. Man, I'm going to encourage you when you wake up on Sunday morning and maybe you had a baby or a child or you work late and you are tired on Sunday morning, I want to challenge you. Get out of bed, get your kids dressed, and come to church. Come to church. And here's what's happening. You've got to pop that. And that's not just Pastor talking, all right? You know it's Pastor talking, but that's not just Pastor talking. I want you to see, I love this quote. That we are apt to forget that children... They watch examples better than they listen to preaching. Man, there's an old quote, man. Preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. They're always watching. They're always watching. And can I tell you, that doesn't give me anxiety. It gives me hope. Because I've had people in my life growing up that I was watching. I was watching. And when, when someone watches, we don't look with judgment. We don't look and go, how dare they? We look and go, oh, is that the way I'm supposed to act? And so maybe you're in this room today and you're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. You would awesome. It's, it's okay. It is okay for kids to see you mess up as long as you show them how to repent too. We're on a spiritual journey. It's my desire to show my son how, do we, how I treat women, or how I treat a woman. But it's also my desire for, for my son to see that I mess up. I even think I said sorry yesterday. I am sorry. This is what happened. This is why I did that. I'm sorry. I want my son to know that it's okay to apologize. That when I repent, I'm changing direction and I'm getting better. And I love this. 
As soon as Isaac finished blessing, have finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob has scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And I love this. His father, Isaac, said to him, who are you? And he answered, I'm your firstborn. I'm, I'm the one. It's me. It's, it's, it's Esau. But then Isaac, the father, he trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. So Jacob came in, put camel hair in his arms, smelled like his brother, wore his brother's clothes, got his father to eat and feel that was, he thought Jacob was Esau, and Isaac blessed him. I want you to hear this. And when, as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, even me, oh my father. And now Esau hated Jacob, his brother, because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said, the days for mourning, my father are approaching, but then I will kill my brother Jacob. I want to tell you, I've really struggled this week right here at this message. Because there's so much I could talk about how this applies for the prodigal son. I could talk about how this applies with what, with what Jacob did and stole Esau's birthright and, and stole Esau's blessing, but still wasn't blessed. I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I give some points? I mean, we have points like, okay, church, point number one. All right, here we go. Point number one, write this down. Point number two. As we begin to read this story, I begin to realize there's a reason for the favoritism. There's a reason that they're so divided. There's a reason that Rebecca favored Jacob because she hurt from God. And there's a reason why, why Isaac favored Esau. And there's a reason why it was a hot mess. It's because of this word right here. Going on with the clicker, a blessing. A blessing. A blessing. You know, when we see the blessing, maybe we'll think of a song, or maybe we'll think this is a Bible word or a blessing. What, what, what's a blessing? Yeah, yeah, I want to be blessed, right? If I would say, raise your hand, you want to be blessed, I think everybody in this room would be like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. We'd love to be blessed. But what Jacob and Esau were after, they were after what their grandfather had. Abraham, that was a blessing. God spoke to Abraham and said, and I will bless you, and you'll be the father of many nations, and you will be a blessing to others. I bless you, I'll never curse you. As we begin reading this context, I said, God, how does this apply to us today? Not just as an individual, but as a family. We begin to realize that a blessing is a verbal blessing that we are blessed, not cursed. We're blessed, not cursed. Many of us, we grew up thinking this is what someone said to us. Maybe it's just a spur in the moment. Maybe you dropped something on dad's foot and he said, 
Why'd you do that, dummy? Maybe you did something wrong and a family member looked at you and said, why'd you do that? A lot of times we grow up thinking we're cursed. We're not blessed. What's interesting is Jacob, he runs away and Esau wants to harm him and kill him. Man, Jacob goes, he gets married. Gets married twice. Has children, right? Children, all those different things. Man, he's, he acquires wealth, becomes rich, have an inheritance, goes into this whole other story of, of trying to get one wife, has to get another wife, and all these different things. Lying for more, being deceitful again after Isaac already blessed him. You know what he's trying to do his entire life? He's trying to be blessed. He's trying to belong. He's trying to say, where do, where do I fit in the grand scheme of things? And I want you to know, and he finally, in Genesis chapter 32, he got alone. He told his two wives and kids and his servants, all that, stay here. He turned and he went alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. When he's wrestling with him, theologians believe, and several commentaries believe he was going, I stole my brother's birthright. Man, I stole my brother's blessing. Man, they called me deceiver and liar. I'm still a deceiver and liar. And he says this, the angel or a man said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm looking to belong. I'm looking for someone to say, you're okay. You're all right. You're going to do good. You are blessed. And I love this. And he said, what is your name? What's your name? Will you bless me? And he says, what's your name? And he said, my name's Jacob. My name's Jacob. And some of you in this room, maybe a name pop in your head. Because you said, I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. Man, I'm nothing. And I love that this is what the angel says. He says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and you prevail. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask of my name? And there he blessed him. I want you to know God so you can find freedom, so you can discover who you are, discover your name. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. Will you stand with me, please? Real quick in this place. I want to read one more scripture. And man, I would love to honor to pray with you today. And here's my prayer for you. And this is what it says. In Galatians chapter 3, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is, any, is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing Abraham. The blessing of 
Jacob's grandfather, might come upon all of us so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Here's what I want us to do today. Maybe you've been relating with the wrong identity. A lot of times our identity is what gets prophesied over our lives. We wake up and go, my parents divorced, I, I probably shouldn't get married. Or we wake up and go, you know, I just, I, I don't know if I can do relationships. I don't know if I could commit. I want to, what I want to do today, I want to make room for a blessing. I want to make room for a blessing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, man, I would love the honor to pray a prayer of blessing over you. But before I do that, I can bless you. I can lay hands on you. I can speak life over you. But God is the source of our blessing. So with every head bowed and eye closed, right now, Abby's going to sing. Worship team's going to jump us into a song. But what I want you to do today is I want you to make room for a blessing. I want you to make room for a blessing. I want you to open up your hearts and say, God, will you bless me? Maybe, maybe you're in this room, you're saying, God, change my name. Change my identity. Change the way I think about myself. Go ahead, worship team. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. Yeah, this is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is mine for you. Make room for a blessing. Jesus, do what you want to.
every head bowed, every eye closed, in Jesus' name. I want to pray a prayer blessing over you today. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I need a blessing. Just raise a hand. Just keep a hand up. Pastor, I need a blessing. Father, I pray for every single hand that is raised today. Father, I pray for every single person that's in this room today. But Father, I bless them. Jesus, bless them. Bless them. I speak blessings over every father that's in this room today. I speak blessings over every man in this room today. You are not like them. You are not who they said you are. You are a man of God. You are a child of God. I speak blessings over every mother in this house today. I speak blessings over every uh, woman in this house today. In Jesus' name, you are not who they said you are. In Jesus' name, I speak blessings over every child. I speak blessing over every teenager, every, every individual. You are not what culture says you are. You are not what they said you are. That you are saved, you are redeemed, you are a child of God. Father, I speak blessings over every marriage. That your marriage does not have to end. Your marriage can flourish and be healed in Jesus' name. I pray for grandfathers and grandmothers. I thank you that you're going to change the family for God's praise and God's glory. I speak blessing. I speak blessing over every situation, over every broken situation. I speak blessing over every traumatic experience that made the Holy Spirit heal you and set you free because it happened It happened to you, but not in you. So I pray that God begins to change your name and there'll be a blessing in Jesus' mighty name. The Father, I pray for a blessing from the only one who gives us the blessing. The Father, we receive the promise through your Holy Spirit today that when I walk out of this house today, I'm no longer broken, I'm no longer victim, but I walk out of here today knowing who I am. The Father, I walk out of here today the way you see me. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for what you're doing in this house. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, and you pray, Pastor, I need to repent of my sins. I'm ready to go on a spiritual journey of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering my purpose, discovering my name, so I can make a difference. If that's you here today. And I'd love to pray a prayer with you. And that prayer is just simply going to help you to take a step. Just like Jacob did, he wrestled with God. And you might be wrestling with him today. And God's saying, I bless you. I bless you. If that's you today, and you're saying, Pastor, will you pray that prayer with me? Just put a hand up, put it right back down. Say, Pastor, come on. Will you pray that prayer with me? Up, yes, yes. Anyone else? Up, yes. Anyone else? Just up and right back down. And let's all pray that prayer together. Because how many know we're all on a spiritual journey? We're all wrestling. But we all are on an amazing journey of blessing and favor. So everyone lift your voice. Say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I now know who I am. I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. The best way I know how. I'm going to live for you because I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.